This is Jack Schraubish, and I wanted to do the ad read for this week's episode of the Policy of This Podcast. After a baseball practice, I am very hungry, but lucky for me, I use my Blendjet 2 to make a delicious shake. The Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can make a smoothie at home or a protein shake at the gym. It is small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via a USB-C. It is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. What are you waiting for? Go to Blendjet.com and grab yours today. Be sure to use the promo code POSITIVIS12 to get 12% off your order and free 2-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They'll guarantee it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 portable blender. Go to Blendjet.com and use the code POSITIVIS12 to get 12% off your order and free 2-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Welcome back to the Policy This Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. If, like me, you're interested in helping a new generation become familiar with data and data visualization, this is the episode for you. I talk with author and dad, Gulrez Khan, about his new book, Drawing Data with Kids, where he walks kids through a story and also how to work with and visualize data. It's a really interesting approach to thinking about how we can engage children in working with data and visualizing their data. So we talk about the book itself. We talk about lots of other ways around thinking about educating kids when it comes to data. So I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode of the show. So we'll get right to it. Here's my conversation with Gulrez Khan about his new book, Drawing Data with Kids. Hey, Gulrez, good to see you in person rather than just, you know, trading emails. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you? Thank you, John. It's good to finally be able to talk to you. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for all the feedback uh, and all those uh, conversations offline. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help. I'm excited to have one more book in the, I don't know, fairly small literature, I guess, on data viz for kids, right? Like, there's not a ton out there. There's some stuff on data for kids. Uh-huh. And like counting and, and that sort of thing, but not really data visualization. So this is this is exciting. So I want to get to the book and I want to talk about your process and you know your goals with it and everything. But I want to start with your background. So mm-hmm. what does your day look like and how did you end up deciding this is the book you know I want to write to start? Yeah, so I can talk about myself. Uh, I'm father of three beautiful kids. And that's how I start all my intros because we have got all our titles, work, job, and whatnot. But uh, you spend a little bunch of time. I'm working from home and uh, very fortunate. Like uh, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of learned people. Uh, I've been in the US for the last 17 years, originally from India. And uh, I spent uh, like kind of born and brought up in Microsoft, so around 10 to 15. Uh, around 14 years uh, in Microsoft. And then right now, last four years, I've been in Bay Area working as a data science leader at PayPal. So that's been my journey. But again, as I said, like uh, very fortunate uh, to have worked with uh, many people like uh, from all over the world and uh, feel fortunate to speaking to a person, learned person like you. 
<laughs> well, well, thanks. So what brought you then to thinking about a project? I'm sure at the beginning it was sort of a project, but but ultimately to a book about data visualization for kids, which sounds very much different than a day-to-day job of working at PayPal. Um, so how did that come about? Yeah. So that is like, we all have our different intersections, right? So mm-hmm. uh, if I have a title of a data science leader, I have a title of a dad. And then like uh, those things, like uh, if you think of uh, my daily routine, right? So I live in uh, breathe data in all my day job, right? So, and then like at the end of the day, like I come and I sit with my kids, uh, my wife, like she takes care of all those things. Uh, we are homeschooling our kids right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I come, we read stories and other things. So it's very hard for you to not bring data home if mm-hmm. you are so passionate about data, right? So that's where like uh, I've been uh, reading their books and uh, I thought, uh, and I, I was telling my wife that, hey, I think there is a gap. I see like uh, we have got all these different types of books out there in our shelf. We don't have a television at home, so we spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time with books and all that stuff. And uh, I was talking about this data visualization thing. Maybe we should have some kind of a data literacy for kids. And my wife said, like, she's also a software engineer, now Mm -hmm. a full-time mom. Uh, She said, yes, like, there is a gap. So that's where, like, the first step, right? So that's where lots of our dreams uh, gets uh, lost, right? So mm-hmm. you talk to the first person, my wife said, yes, there is this thing. And then there is always the saying, right? So if you are looking for a book and you don't find it, write that book. Yeah. So that's where like, uh, I thought maybe I'll start with that. And, uh, and again, like it was not to write a book, right? Mm-hmm. I've been doing these activities uh, with my kids, like uh, just spending time with them, right? You, we were just, we, we used to do this, uh, thing over the weekend just drawing some random things and they treat me so nicely they say okay and i'm not teaching them right so they'll yeah, bring yeah. all the crayons and then papers and then they say now draw something and right. i said okay like i'm treated well so we would do those activities and they still remember like uh, hey you know what we create we drew this flower and then these mountains and all that stuff so we used to do those things. And then like uh, one fine day, I said, okay, enough of uh, flowers and mountains. What about some pie charts? <laughs> <laughs> that's how, like, uh, And then they liked it. So that's where like uh, we kept on doing those activities. And I started sharing that with my office colleagues or, uh, or on my social media post. And people seem to like that. And they said, hey, why don't you conduct some kind of a workshop? Like uh, we, our kids would be a learning as well so i did a Mm -hmm. workshop as well and then like uh, the book is kind of compilation of uh, those activities which i was doing with Mm -hmm. my kids and uh, the other part is like i didn't want to write the book in the format of a curriculum right if you look into some kind of books you would see okay uh, that hey what is data right this is how they would start this is what is data what are the different types of graphs right and then yeah. all those are different technical things, right? That's boring, right? So when you think from the kid's perspective, you get that engagement when you tell stories to them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where like uh, 
right now in the book, what we have is like, it's kind of a realistic fiction. Things that I was doing with my kids, I've compiled that in kind of a story format. Then within that story, I'm introducing some kind of graphs, right? Mm -hmm. And then like, that's where I have a section, which we call as the timeout, right? So that's Mm -hmm. where like, you can read more about that particular graph. And then at the end of the chapter, every chapter, there are some exercises that they can take home and do those things. So again, like it's not in a curriculum format, you have fun, right? So it is like as a gift from one dad to another parent that, hey, read these books and then like have fun, right? So have fun Mm -hmm. and in fun, they will learn about uh, certain aspects and that's how like uh, they will remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that it's a, it's a narrative for those who are, uh, who are watching the episode on, on YouTube. I've got a picture, I've got the book right here, uh, drawing data with kids. It's a picture of Gurez and his daughter, um, with, you know, <laughs> all sorts of pens and paper and, and color on the front. <laughs> you know, when you think about, as you mentioned kids, I think, you know, the story is so important to kids. When you think about, kids at least the ages that you're thinking about here like how do you think about that right because you know a six-year-old is very different than a 12-year-old very different than a 17-year-old but they all are going to need their generation is going to need data right what are you thinking about when it comes to the different ages that's a really good question and that's where i was uh, kind of struggling as well because uh, Mm -hmm. i've got uh, an 11 year old who was my like uh, target person who I was mm-hmm. teaching. But then along with uh, her, I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And they would also come with me and then kind of listen to what I'm trying to teach. So that's my target audience were, is like around seven years to 13, 14 years age. Mm-hmm. But John, like what I've uh, seen is like you have a product and then when it reaches the audience, you see something else. Right. Yeah. So when I see the reviews that people wrote on Amazon or people who reached out to me later on, they say that you have written this book for kids, but uh, even as adults, as mm-hmm. beginners, we are learning from this. Mm-hmm. So it's not uh, limited to an age. Right. Yeah. So here you would see the unintended audience in mothers or like fathers who are new to this uh, data world but want to learn or like just get introduced. Because right. if you see like there are a lot of people uh, you, you must have seen, like every time you put a graph in front of them or a math equation, they just want to close that uh, chapter and move to the next one, right? right. They just want right. to flip that page. But uh, with this approach, like what I'm seeing is it is making them less intimidated with those graphs or those... Uh, data those numbers because it's in the form of uh, snakes and ladders right? right the games that they have played and they have got good memories of their childhood now you right. use this in the form of creating segmentation or scatter plots and see okay which segment you want to be if you want to win right mm-hmm. and now if you can translate that to your day job or something else you can like learn a lot of things yeah I'm curious to that point. So the book kind of goes through, I guess they're, they're separate chapters that sort of lead you in this story that get you to a chart. So you get to the scatter plot, you get to the, the line chart, the bar chart, what have you. 
And you as the reader are kind of prompted to draw to make your own graph in the book. And I'm curious, so I have kind of two questions here. So, so the first question is, what was your thinking, your inspiration behind that? Then the sort of broader question was, I'm curious whether you thought about other ways to enable people to do that. Because I don't know, like, I'm sure there's lots of people. I hesitate to write in books. I like to have my, right? Like when I take notes, even in books, I feel bad about it. But like, you know, creating a book where you could, you know, cut something out or punch something else, like not easy to do from like a practical publication standard. But I'm curious what your thinking was about maybe like trying some of these other things where you actually get people to do things, which you have in this book. But, you know, if we had unlimited time and resources and abilities, like we would probably produce something that'd be great. But so, so, so what was your thinking about that part of the book project? Yeah. So I, I think that's a good question. And uh, I think you also mentioned, like, if we had unlimited time, you could experiment with other things as well. So right now, like, uh, I, like for me, this is more about creating memories with your kids, just having fun, right? Mm-hmm. Don't think about teaching. Like if you go in and I, as I'm homeschooling the kids, so the moment you go into the teaching mode, you have lost your audience, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where like, uh, for me, this is like just having fun with the kids. You are like uh, sitting in a garden or like, and people just email me that, hey, you know what? This weekend uh, I was sitting there and my son, I brought this book to me and then we read the stories and then we created these graphs and like people are not just putting those things uh, on the book in the book like they have got separate papers as well that they are using so if you uh, look at the first chapter like uh, it is like there is a snore graph right mm-hmm. so snore graph uh, it's kind of a fun thing and but again like uh, to tell you another incident that happened or a story right so uh, the other day, my uh, 11-year-old, like, she was reading a book about uh, birds of North America. And mm-hmm. uh, she was reading that book, sitting on the sofa, and I was just finishing my call. And I stepped out, and then she called me. She calls me Abu. So she says, Abu, come here. I said, okay. And then I peeked into the book. And she was looking into a graph, which was... Uh, the sound of uh, the birds, like uh, the pitch graph, right? So you have different pitch uh, for the birds, like how loud they are and all that stuff. And based on that, uh, scientists, like they identify the species of the bird. And she Mm. was looking at it. And she was spending time looking at that graph. And uh, she says, you know what? Uh, This looks like the snore graph from your book. Mm. And like that, that was like a pat on my back that I said, okay, yeah. wow. what happened with this, John, is she is not intimidated to look at a complex graph that she would see in her uh, daily routine going forward, right? Mm-hmm. So even if the book doesn't work for me, like no one buys, but this thing which happened, right? Removing that yeah. intimidation about the graphs or data, I think that's what I want to achieve with this book. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's like what's happening, right? So there is this snore graph thing. Similar to that in the exercises, there is this roar graph, right? How uh, sounds like uh, animals make. There is a meow meow graph and yeah. things on those, right? And people are sending me those pictures, which they are creating with their kids and saying that, they, hey, we are having so much fun. Because uh, you, if you talk to the kids, like six year, seven year, my three year old, 
you talk about oh what kind of sound uh, elephant makes or cat makes dog makes they mm-hmm. do that they enjoy it but now you translate that into a graph and you are still having fun and they are right. learning without even realizing that they've been taught <laughs> this uh, yeah 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 so the way that you've tried to create this kind of entrance into data for kids is through things that they're familiar with with I, which i think mm-hmm. you know a lot of elementary school teachers would agree with and i'm curious when you think about your day-to-day job or your wife's day-to-day job and helping adults who are professionals get more familiar more comfortable with data do you think it works in the same way that it needs to be familiar in a, in a non-work setting? Or do you think the way to get people engaged is it needs to be sort of like work dependent? Or people are just be like, look, I'm an adult. I don't have time for this. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be making, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be drawing things of my commute. Like, how do you feel about just the way you are with the kids, lowering the barrier to data literacy for adults? Yeah. So I think it helps on that. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of different examples, right? So you talked about uh, drawing my commute, right? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of data artists these days, like uh, you've got Georgia Lupi and then uh, Stephanie Puzivic mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of those are drawing data projects, right? So which mm-hmm. we are, as adults, we are learning and we are loving those projects. There are also some kind of a coloring books, like uh, for adults, which are coming out, which helps them like... Um, meditate or things on those lines right so mm-hmm. it's uh, it doesn't have to be complicated and again like uh, talking about the kind of uh, courses or uh, the tutorials that we get like for example i've been a data science leader my entry to data science uh, started with a few examples like uh, if you think of uh, clustering right so i still remember when I was learning this thing, clustering, you see the example which is commonly used is for the data set of uh, uh, the iris flower, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the different types of uh, species of that flower, right? So there is this setosa and all those uh, other things. Mm-hmm. I cannot pronounce those things. <laughs> and uh, I cannot like write the spelling of those things. So when I was learning this thing, like it was for me not coming from a Western world or like not too much in the botany. Uh, firstly, I need to understand the domain. That Hey, what is this uh, thing? Yeah. And then I was talking to another, uh, uh, my neighbor from Google, and he mentioned like when he was uh, in the college, he did his master's here from the US. But then one fine day, his professor realized like there are a lot of uh, people from subcontinent and... Uh, they are familiar with cricket, right? So mm-hmm. cricket is a game like baseball and uh, it's like a religion over there. Mm-hmm. So instead of uh, using these uh, data sets, he brought the data set of cricket. And mm-hmm. now like uh, the audience was interested, they knew the domain, they knew their superstars, right? So yeah. with this, if you lower the barrier, you make it fun, right? The, the other day I looked into a graph someone created with this uh, baby shark uh, uh, video or like, Mm -hmm. you you know, like uh, how popular that uh, uh, rhyme is, right? Mm -hmm. And then like with that, like it was so fun, right? And uh, it was kind of a Sankey diagram, which says, okay, from uh, baby shark, like uh, the number of times they repeat the word baby and then shark. 
And yeah. now like you open your mind, but if you start, right. you have those jargons and this is the unfamiliar territory, you shut your ma- uh, mind, right? So that's why mm-hmm. like I think simplifying it makes it more easy and welcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think uh, that helps. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting that um, that we sort of, maybe as human beings, we lose that that I don't know that that part of our ability to stay open to to learning these new things but I like this idea of simplifying it to to keep it interesting for people to to learn. I'm curious about you mentioned your people are sending you photos. Um I'm curious to hear more about those those other experiences that you are either hearing about from readers or I'm sure you know your kids friends you know either using the book or or exploring data so so can you tell us a few of those stories yeah so the other thing like uh, which I, I like as i was talking about that iris flower right mm-hmm. now when i think of those things i and i work here here in the corporate world we think of uh, we localize our products based on different markets right mm-hmm. so if I have got this product uh, over here in US, I would localize it. And maybe like if I'm creating ads, right? If I create an ad for uh, a coffee or like, let's say Starbucks, for example, mm-hmm. the ad that I would uh, show in the US would look different from what I would show in India. Mm-hmm. You have uh, different stars, uh, different celebrities, and the way I'll talk to the audience will be different. But when I look into the books, right, you've mm-hmm. got lots of book in your bookshelf, uh, I can see right now. But uh, this is like same book that uh, mm-hmm. a person in US is reading and same a person in India or Pakistan or some other country they would be reading. Now, what I have always missed is uh, I've always uh, like when I read about uh, certain topics, technical stuff, it has always been like uh, some like Tom, Dick and Harry, like they are the main yeah. characters. Right? And uh, when I read these books with my kids, I see this is missing, right? They are not able to identify themselves in those books. If mm-hmm. you are not able to identify, you're less attracted, right? Yeah. So your question was like, what are the things that I'm hearing from my like uh, readers? Mm-hmm. So the other things that I'm reading is like, uh, there are people who are finding it more uh, relatable, right? So, for mm-hmm. example, the character over here is different than you what you would see in your usual uh, life, and the stories like uh, it's uh, you've got uh, uh, different things, right? So, parathas, right? So, for example, paratha, I could have called it as a pancake, but again, mm-hmm. I wanted to call it as this because yeah. that's where like uh, I see that those things missing, right? So the name Pariza, right? So it's a different name that you wouldn't see. So one reader, like she reached out and she messaged that, hey, I love the book in the story. My daughter and me, we were reading and we were able to identify ourselves. Like there was like, a, uh, it's like a, the sketches and other things. You have got a hijab, which the character is wearing. And mm-hmm. then she's able to identify with her daughter that, hey, you know what? this is how we are and then so they are able to see themselves they see the representation so i think that has also helped so that's another thing which uh, uh, came out yeah it's interesting to think about 
I mean, I, I love this idea of being able of people being able to see themselves not just represented in the book, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm guessing this is the drawing is is your daughter in the book wearing a hijab, and it, so not just seeing themselves in the book, but also seeing themselves in the data. And I wonder when it comes to kids, how do you help them see themselves in the data? You mentioned you mentioned the very beginning, like the sounds different animals make, which I think is a, you know, is a great one. Right. So, but how do you then sort of create these exercises or these examples where kids see themselves in the data, right? They see their age or their friends or their experiences. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'll just, I'll just leave, I'll leave that question there. Yeah. 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 So when you look into those exercises, right? So the data that I've used is, from the board games, for example, right? mm -hmm. we are playing Scrabble. We are using the scores of uh, the games and uh, what came out, right? Now, if I go and I show her, like if I have to introduce uh, uh, data to my 11 year old and I say, hey, Parisa, come on, uh, let's uh, look into this uh, sales graph or uh, something, right? Mm -hmm. She's not interested. But now, like, we yeah. just finished a nail-biting game of Scrabble. She mm. lost to her seven-year-old brother. And now, like, <laughs> she's pulling her hair and said, <laughs> why did this happen? Right? And now, like, she is, like, she has got her skin in the game. And mm -hmm. now, like, if I say, okay, come on in. Let's see, like, uh, what happened. And now she's interested. And she's saying, right. oh, no, this is the round when I, my score was lower. But then, like, mm. she was seeing the data in just different rounds. Let's add that and make it as a cumulative score. And you create mm -hmm. a line graph. And quickly, she's able to see, okay, the dip happened. And this is where, it's like, uh, she lost. Right. right. So this is, right. like, make the data more relatable compared mm -hmm. to, like, what we see in our regular graphs that we try to teach uh, to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. so, so that's where, like, I think they will see it more relatable. And um, the game of snakes and ladder, right? So again, like these exercises are something that sh since I was doing with my kids, uh, so it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, those things that came out, right? Yeah. So I think uh, we need to make it more relatable and uh, whatever they are seeing in their day job, uh, not day job, like in their day, you yeah. bring that uh, in the form of data. Yeah. And don't yeah. teach them. Yeah. Right. It's like when they learn algebra, they don't know that they're learning algebra, right? You yeah. say you have three apples. How many more do you need to add to get to 12 apples? They don't know they're exactly. doing algebra, but they're right. Yeah. Right. right. Um, tell me about the process of actually writing the book and, and illustrating the book, because um, for those, again, I'll hold it up for those who, who, who don't have it. It is, um, it is illustrated. So it's not, uh, you know, again, if you're, if you're watching this, you can, you can sort of see like, the book is is illustrated has, I think it has like two different fonts in it, but it's but it is illustrated. It's not just like a straight a straight book. So tell me about that that process of of writing it and then having it illustrated or illustrating it yourself. Yeah, so writing the book, uh, like I had this idea, like it has to be in the form stories, mm -hmm. and uh, again, like uh, I drew a lot of inspiration from. Uh, the there is a book called Life of Fred. So this is like, if you have not seen it, uh, I've called it out in the uh, acknowledgement section. 
So in that book, like uh, Eric, uh, like uh, I'm forgetting, I'm not able to pronounce his last name, but uh, th- that has been a very popular book. And uh, this is like, uh, they have a similar format of like uh, uh, teaching, uh, introducing maths to kids, right? Mm-hmm. So with the, in the form of stories and, but again, like they didn't have something for data. So that was uh, a lot, that, that gave me a lot of inspiration. And uh, the other things that I have over there is it's more about uh, a realistic fiction. Like you'll see the different chapters, like for example, the game of snakes and ladders, which I'm talking about, like the other day, I was just uh, uh, going to my home office, closing the door and it was the weekend. And my kids, they ran and they uh, pulled me and they said, hey, today is weekend. You have to play with us. Don't go and uh, work. And I said, okay. And I asked them, what game do you want to play? And they say, snakes and ladders. I said, okay, let's do snakes and ladders. But back of my mind, I was always thinking, okay, uh, I want to write a chapter and my kids are here. So what can I do? So that's mm-hmm. where like things happen. Okay, let's play this thing. And my son was uh, getting upset that he's being bitten by too many snakes. So maybe let's uh, make that in a form of story and then use that data. So those are the chapters that we have. And uh, again, like uh, these are fun chapters. Uh, some of the reviews that I've got, uh, they mentioned that uh, people are enjoying this also as a storybook, right? So mm-hmm. they are just... Uh, reading the stories as well. So so that's uh, that. And again, like I did some uh, uh, research uh, with uh, the other parents and like people like you who provided good feedback of what might, what may not work. And uh, there were a lot of other chapters as well, which I had in the book, which I cut based on the feedback that I have. And there is another, uh, so this is going to be a series now. Uh, mm, so so this is like there is another one coming up yeah so, so those are the things and now like uh, when i thought of a book like again like uh, it's uh, going to be a kids book right mm-hmm. so if it's going to be a kids book how can you make it uh, more fun right yeah. here i have not used lots of colors uh, again like as a data visualization practitioner like we try to <laughs> limit the use of colors as well so here uh, I've created those illustrations. Uh, this is like from Mid Journey and other tools that I've mm-hmm. used, and uh, and that helped me. Like uh, since I was writing, even before, like uh, when I talk about one thing which I didn't mention, right? This is a book, something which I self-published. Right. Now, when I was uh, thinking about uh, writing a book, and I reached out to three publishers, and uh, one of them said yes. And, uh, but again, like uh, if I look into the ROI, that wasn't that much, right? So, and now, and I also, I didn't want to curb the creativity perspective, like the portion of the book, like, as I mentioned about the localization and the different intersection that I was bringing in the book. Mm -hmm. So, so that's where like a lot of things uh, came on my plate that, Hey, I need to do it and I need to make it successful. So that's where like uh, I did most of the stuff and like it's it's doing much better like than way better than what I expected. Yeah. Uh, the book has gone to markets, which I have not went myself. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's, it's been wonderful. That's great. That's great. Um, 
my last uh i guess my last question is uh and it's great to hear that there's there's going to be more so this is so this is great um and you've mentioned this uh you've talked a little bit about this with with sort of clay and not necessarily um having kids realize that they're learning or being taught but i'm curious what you would suggest i guess to teachers and educators and even parents about kind of teaching data viz to kids or using the book, you know, in a classroom or, or something like that. Like what I can guess what your recommendation is going to be, but what, but what would you say to a teacher that's like, Oh, I picked up this book. Maybe I use it with my kid, you know, my own kid. It looks great. How would I implement this into the classroom in a, you know, a class of 20, 25 kids, something like that. Yeah. When I was talking about these different intersections, right? So if someone else would have written this book, it would be in a different form. Like here, I bring different uh, intersections. Uh, we don't have television at home. And uh, my wife, like she is very mindful of uh, the screen time to the kids, mm-hmm. right? So even with uh, teaching, right? so that's why yeah. I would like uh, this uh, thing uh, came out like in the form of uh, without uh, screen time, right? So. Right now, what I've seen in my uh, circle and outside, uh, we want our kids to be computer literate, right? So mm-hmm. everyone is sending their kids to coding classes and whatnot, right? But again, right. that would be in, having them sit in front of computers and whatnot. We ourselves, like we spend so much time in front of uh, these machines, right? Now, for our kids, like as they grow up, they will be spending time in front of devices. But uh, with this book, the idea is like, uh, let's have some fun, right? Mm-hmm. You, the moment you you can do these all these things in front of computer and uh, there you can do like, uh, I, I see there is this book that you recently wrote and I see in your background about <laughs> Excel. So you can do all these things in Excel or these different tools with Python and whatnot, right? right? But uh, again, the idea is to have fun as a family or mm-hmm. in a class, right? The way yeah. you do it uh, without uh, digital footprints, I think it will be more fun. Mm-hmm. And then don't tell them, like one thing that didn't work for me, right? So p- people ask me that, hey, what didn't work for you when you were teaching? What mm-hmm. didn't work for me is uh, I was doing these exercises and then uh, with them, and then I said, okay, and go and do this uh, project. Mm-hmm. And my daughter was said, no, I, right. I don't want to do it myself. She was having yeah. fun because I was there working with her, right? right? So for teaching, for anything, right? So you need to be there present and then participating. Like, again, it goes back to those weekend activities, which I was talking about, that my kids, they bring those crayons, everything, and they enjoy the moment that the, the dad is there and they, he's drawing. He's not yeah. teaching anything. You're having right. fun. So yeah. don't get rid of that element. Like, don't go from the perspective that you want to teach, but have fun as a family and then, like, do these things uh, together. Yeah, that's great. Well, congrats on the book. Very excited. I've got my copy. I have my kids reading it. My kids are... Uh, as you might expect, they're a little bit older than your kids, and uh, they had a dad who is deep into data biz. So they're, uh, <laughs> they're <laughs> so like my son helped me with my Excel book. So that's like nice. you know getting to the next yeah to the next phase. Um, but congrats on the book! I'm excited about the sequels coming out, 
and I'll put the notes to to the book on the on the show notes page. Where can listeners find you, especially if they want to send you pictures of using the book with their kids? Yeah, so they can connect me on LinkedIn. So uh, they can find like there are not many too many Gulrez Khan on LinkedIn. That uh, <laughs> I come with uh, kind of a unique name. Right. So they, they can find me uh, and uh, I would love to see like uh, if they have got any pictures or any other feedback. But uh, again, my last message would be to have fun with kids. Don't try to teach them. Just have fun and then they will learn with uh, you. That's great. Thanks, Gorez. Really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, good luck with uh, having fun with the next few books. Yeah. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you'll check out Gulrez's book. I also hope you'll check out the project that I did with my colleagues at the Urban Institute, Data for Kids, where we provide lots of data sources and materials, including Excel files, PowerPoint files, Google Slides, and notes for instructors and teachers on helping kids learn to be better data users and data consumers, and of course, data visualizers. So until next time, this has been the Policy Viz Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. A number of people help bring you the Policy Viz Podcast. Music is provided by the NRIs. Audio editing is provided by Ken Skaggs. Design and promotion is created with assistance from Sharon Satsky Ramirez. And each episode is transcribed by Jenny Transcription Services. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Policy Viz podcast is ad-free and supported by listeners. If you'd like to help support the show financially, please visit our PayPal page or our Patreon page at patreon.com slash policyviz.